All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. Your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo, is where we help young salespeople get after it, get to the next step of their career. Um, episode 299, it's uh, Monday, beginning of May. I'm actually not working today. Gong's got a recharge after the quarter, after a hard-fought quarter. Um, so uh, this was actually recorded a couple of days ago because I am hopefully sleeping or eating or playing golf or listening to Mac Miller or doing something relaxing. So, um, but for everyone else that's getting after it, I hope you are uh, hitting it hard today. I got my Celtics hat on for those that are checking out on YouTube because they just swept the hell out of the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm a happy guy. If you're a Bucks fan um, and want to make a bet on uh, the next series, hit me up in uh, on LinkedIn in my DMs and uh, we can get some going. I don't know if I know any Milwaukee people in the sales world. Anyways, I digress. Uh, super pumped about today's episode. We got a boomerang guest, second time on, Will Allred. Will is the co-founder and COO over at Lavender. Um. I don't know if there's anyone that puts out better email related content than Will Allred um, and the team, the whole team at Lavender, but in particular, Will, because he goes freaking ham. He goes ham on LinkedIn. He's now on TikTok. The team's putting together um, you know, a newsletter where they're rounding up you know, different things from people that they see on LinkedIn and blog posts and great ideas around you know, how to break through via email. So they're putting together really great sales tips. And this pod is a little bit different in which I just wanted to source some questions. If you want to hear more about Will's background story, I had him on about a year ago and we talked. It was on his honeymoon, actually, and we got into his story and the creation of Lavender. This pod is really focused on taking the questions from the audience around email best practices, uh, the best email that he ever got and replied to and booked a meeting off of, um, and some really good things that, that you can take that's tactical that you can take to uh, your daily job. So I hope you appreciate that. They are also hiring, which Will gets into a little bit. You've seen, uh, you may have seen some posts on LinkedIn about that as well. So they're hiring for um, their fifth employee. So if you're interested, hit him up on that. And um, if you love the show, just show some love, subscribe, review, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, that's all I got for today. I hope you enjoy some email tips and uh, let me know what you think. Let's get into the show with Will Allred down in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's go. All right, Will Allred, round two, back on the pod. What's up, man? How are you? Round two. It's good to be back. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, I don't know how many people um, have gotten the round two. Certainly, probably you could count them on two hands. So uh, I'm stoked to have you. Like we were saying before we recorded, um, I get a lot of value out of what you are putting out personally on on LinkedIn and all across the uh, board around email. So uh, let's let's help people book some meetings and progress some deals via email today. Amen. I love it. Let's do it. Um, before we do that, I noticed the hat. Are you are you repping your your Tar Heels the day after? Uh, oh, always brutal. Just morning today. <laughs> brutal. Is it? Is it? It's still kind of worth. Like I know you wanted to win. And yeah. it sucks to lose that type of a game, but beating Duke in the final four to send coach so, K home is like, it's all worth it. Onto his like retirement home. Was, <laughs> it, that's amazing. It's amazing. As any Carolina fan will tell you to, to hate like that is to love forever. So <laughs> it's, it's real good. Um, that said, um, yeah, the team in, crazy impressive, like, Watching that coach, the way he talks about the team, the way he talks about motivating that team. I'm sure you saw the interview where he's just like fired up. Yeah. Like, talk, oh, I, was, I was like, I would run through walls for that man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a stud. He's gonna be a, a great coach for a long time, it looks like. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty thrilled. Uh um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you announced some big news uh on the lavender front today, uh of bringing on Mr. Morgan J. Ingram, who uh, I doubt anyone listening to this does not know who that is, uh, bringing him on as an advisor. So um, just big, big news. Like, I feel like I've, I've been seeing that uh, maybe a few other folks that have come on board uh, to help out and just like a lot of buzz around Lavender. So, 
you know, last time we talked, you were on your honeymoon. Uh, so I'd love to just like, what's been up in the last year or so? Oh, uh, you know, um, the good stuff. I mean, um, as far as lavender goes, man, it's just been like solid, consistent, accelerating growth, which has been really fun to be a part of, you know, as a team of four, we're, you know, continuously impressed with how far we can, yeah, stretch what it is that we're able to do and how much value we're able to provide. Um, yeah, I think since we last talked, we've just taken the product to another level. So yeah, we've built out coaching dashboards really focused around like bringing some visibility to what's going on within the inbox. Um, we've built out, yeah, continue to just make it easier to write better emails faster. Um, and a big piece of that is like a whole personalization engine attached to the product. So mm. bringing tons of news events, you know, past encounters with an individual, all with the end goal, like heck, we even pulled in the entire job board of a company into the inbox with mm -hmm. the end goal of being like, how do you turn that into a reason to reach out? How do you turn that into something that's going to start a conversation? Um, and so we're, we're super excited about where we're at, but we know we've got a long way to go. Yeah, it's, it, it's cool. And there's, uh, there's no shortage of people that need the help, uh, you know, especially like salespeople looking to send better emails, uh, that will never until email's gone, that will, that, that need will not go away. Yeah. Well, and I, as much as people would love to say it's going to die soon, it, it continues to thrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, is most of your time spent like, you know, I, I see on LinkedIn, see on TikTok, which we'll get to, like, is most of your time spent on the marketing side or are you kind of, you know, a man of many hats as well? I'm a man of many hats as everyone yeah. is. You know, when you're a team yeah. four and you're growing as quickly as we are, we, you kind of have to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd say, I do a lot of stuff on the top of funnel side of the house, right? The TikToks, the, you know, conversations, it, it all kind of boils down to like, I've kind of boiled it down to like one letter, which would be like C. So whether that's like community and engaging within platforms like LinkedIn, doing, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions where we get to, yeah, selfishly, I get to learn about what sales reps are struggling with and dealing with so that we can build better product but also on like the existing customer front, making sure that, you know, they're getting the best utility out of using our product. So, mm. you know, it's uh, all sorts of things going on. Um, certainly busy. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask about you. Cause I looked at, re-looked at your bio today. You, so you do one-on-one -on -one coaching for email with reps for free. Yeah, I had to hone it back some. Uh, <laughs> it was getting a little unruly, but I do it every Thursday morning and it's a blast. Um, okay. It's like, it's truly one of the highlights of my week. One, because, you know, um, I hopefully I'm helping folks. Like when I hear back, like response rates go up. And so anecdotally, I feel pretty good about that. Um, but also, you know, it's stellar product research for me. Like, it's kind of funny. Folks will get to the end. They're like, Where's the part where you talk about like why we should be using lavender? I'm like, oh, use it. It's great. It's free. But I'm actually just using you for product intel. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you think about everything that we do, it all kind of ties back to we want to help. And, you know, along the way, we're just finding new ways to do that. Yeah, I love that. Um, let's talk about TikTok for a minute. Let's do it. What What's your, uh, what's your strategy there? Like, what's the... Um, obviously I know why one would do it, right? That's, it's the primary or one of the primary audiences for, you know, people who are likely to probably be SDRs or maybe even AEs, like, you know, young, mid twenties. Uh, and that's kind of like the next wave, but how, how are you going about creating captivating content on there? So it's interesting. The, the way I've been thinking about TikTok is, yeah, yes, there's an audience there. That's interesting. Yeah. But the other thing that I find really interesting is the notion of pulling that content and moving it to other platforms. So like looking at LinkedIn, you scroll through your feed, it's a lot of text posts, sometimes there's images, but the things that you kind of remember, right, are the videos 
when somebody sits down and you see their face and they're giving some quick advice. Um, I've actually seen that play out live now, going to different events, now that we're doing some things back in person, where people be like, oh, I saw your TikTok. I'm like, oh, do you follow me on TikTok? Like, no, I saw it on LinkedIn. And so I think there's, <laughs> I think there's like some interesting aspects to not just, um, yeah, growing and building a brand on that platform, but what it can also do for other platforms where we're trying to engage, you know, we're trying to break through and help folks in a sea of conversation. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, TikTok specifically, building an audience there, my thinking has always been the same, which is what is something that I can produce that is helpful for a, another sales rep, or somebody getting into sales? And yeah, sometimes they get weirdly like 11,000 views and sometimes they get nothing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, as you probably know from just like building content, it's all about being consistent with it and trying to build a habit around making sure you produce one. I think the biggest challenge has been what to build content around um, yeah, yeah. in the sense that like LinkedIn, you got a little bit more long form to like expand on some ideas. Mm -hmm. whereas TikTok it's like here's one thing that sucks about your email and then like that's it and then you get to like stop <laughs> <laughs> and I like I like I have my inner just like I don't know past consultant is like no you need to explain why and like give them all the reasons and it's like that's not what this platform is <laughs> yeah yeah I might need to look you up. I I've I've struggled personally on on TikTok just to like create that type of like biting, like really to the point type content. I'm similar to you. Like I like to write, you know, I like 45 minute podcasts. So, you know, yeah. like the quick, um, the quick like hitter on the video, just like it, there's so much opportunity. I just haven't quite been able to figure it out. Well, I think it's, I think there's a really good like uh, corollary between like cold email and TikTok in the sense mm -hmm. that you're sitting there and there's like, I want to explain more. I want to give them more information. But the way people are going through that and like filtering through that information, they're looking for that quick like hit. It's not necessarily yeah. going like, to change or impact their life, right? But it's like the way it's organized, the way it's defined, it makes it really easy for somebody to be like, oh, that's a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can take it to a platform like LinkedIn where you expand on it further or you talk about it in a newsletter or you, know, you can expand on it later. But yeah, the idea is really more to like get the conversation started. Back yeah. You. Uh, you, you just reminded me, I was actually thinking about you guys the other day um, because, and I get this type of question a lot uh, or like joke with Gong of just like, you know, recording conversations and talk times and things like that as it relates to dating. And I was like, man, I wish Lavender, I wish Lavender existed for like Bumble, you know, and could be like, could really dial in, could dial in the answers for, you know, like, uh, you know, what, what to be saying in those types of situations or, you yeah. know, texting Ooh, in a new buddy. relationship or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh man. Um, <clears throat> Is that on the product roadmap or who do I need to talk to? <laughs> talk to Will Bays, he's ready for it. Um, no, he, uh, we've actually talked about that some, the idea of like making that experience that is lavender more pervasive in other forms of writing and, mm. you know, bringing that into areas like mobile, right? Because yeah. a lot of people like to engage with email on a phone. It's yeah. where we're eight times more likely to read an email the first time through. We're three times more likely to hit send from a computer, but, you know, is that because it's more convenient? Is it because writing emails on a phone is kind of annoying. Like there might be ways that we can help assist in that process that we just yeah. haven't gotten to exploring yet. I love that. And that's, you know, it, it could be, there could be so many different use cases when you think about going to mobile. Um, I want to transition because we did a little something this morning uh, trying to, I tried to incentivize people with a $12 Venmo uh, of, you know, asking, <laughs> asking some questions, email related questions for you to answer. Um, if people want to learn more about, you know, your story and, and kind of the creation of Lavender, they can check out our first pod, but I want to make this a little bit more tactical for folks. 
um, in the spirit of just trying to help people out with the email. So um, if you're cool with it, I'd love to just kind of like start peppering you with a few. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so the first one I'm going to start off with is, um, is Will Taylor. And he asked a great one. You know, at first he was, you know, asking about the future of cold email. Um, and in more specifically, I'll just kind of read uh, some of it, but he's saying, you know, with a growing percentage of workforces becoming millennials, how is that going to change how people interact with email? Will we see more memes? Will email be considered more transactional? Uh, or do we need ways to stand out in a sea of fewer and fewer attention credits in the attention economy? Yeah, so there's a few things there that are interesting to hit on. One is like the idea of multimedia. And one of the things that always gets in the way of that becoming more popular is like spam filters um, and platforms like Outlook as much as um, Outlook is a like staple of the enterprise sales world that is a bit more locked down and what it will show primarily and what goes out there. And so, yeah, I, I think email in general should be more multimedia. I think it should be more interesting to engage with. Um, it's just a matter of making sure that doesn't come at the detriment of, you know, some folks not having the same platform experience. But I think overall, our generation and the generation that's coming up is going to want more of that. I think the other thing regarding that experience is that it is going to be more mobile, right? Yeah. You were talking about going from SF to Chicago, and that is primarily a mobile exercise, right? I imagine yeah. you spend a lot of time on your phone doing yeah. your job. And that is something that has yeah, historically been kind of like a, an off-putting idea. I remember when I first like got into work and like there was like sent from iPhone attached to an, an email and people would like poo-poo it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? Like, <laughs> yeah. like the idea that like, that's like somehow disrespectful to the person is now like laughable. But at the same time, like, I think some of these norms are starting to change. Um, one thing that I think will become like very much normal is this idea that like, it's not just one channel, but email becomes like, the core channel at like the center of it all, sort of like the mm -hmm. backbone. Whereas like you can start a conversation on LinkedIn, you can engage with a post, you could like, you know, retweet something. You could, a lot of that being more on social, but also like phone calls. And like, you see a lot of this stuff starting to become normal today, but mm -hmm. I think it's gonna like become even more normal as more and more folks start to become not just, um, you know, folks that are clocking in, doing their job, but also creators as well within that process and talking about what they're doing. I think mm -hmm. that's also becoming much more normal. How much should people, when we're talking about multimedia and, you know, in this example, it was about memes and, you know, I've seen some folks play that pretty well uh, in, in emails. How much should folks be thinking about, you know, the, the, not only the person that you're sending it to, but, you know, what age range are they in? You know, what, what type of company are they in, right? Like, you know, uh, Wells Fargo is probably more likely to be an Outlook shop than like this new hot startup that's probably using Gmail, if I were to guess. Like, how, how much do you think about that type of stuff? Um, well, I think about it more as like the bigger an organization gets, the more likely the security protocols are going to be locked down. Um, yeah. But I also think about like, you know, just because somebody older doesn't mean they're not open to like getting a video email. Yeah. At the same time, folks might be super annoyed that they get one. Um, like yeah. I think about um, my, when we, my wife and I just got a house here in Atlanta and like the mortgage broker nice. would send videos. And like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's cool to see it like permeate throughout. Um, you know, talking to like my father-in-law, he's like super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think there's more of like a personality element than necessarily like um, an age thing. I think like statistically it probably will fall along age. Um, 
but like I went to a gym in Tampa not too long ago and they sent me like a video message right afterwards to my phone and I was like that's actually pretty cool like yeah like it wasn't cold right I had like a warm familiar relationship with them because I'd been there for a class but like the fact that they would text me like a video I think that's like kind of neat right and then like but I think a lot of it comes back to this core focus around the other person's experience and like what Mm -hmm. they want to do and like the context in which they're trying to engage with you this that and the other right like I can see people being annoyed with a mortgage broker sending them video emails because they think of it as like I'm just trying to you know get my mortgage and like I want it to be like a straightforward process whereas like you know a gym membership where like you're trying to get to know your fitness instructor etc like you're naturally on the go in that process. And so meeting you on your phone might make a ton more sense. Whereas like, if I got a text message from Lavender, maybe my opinion of that would be a little different than if I got an email from Lavender, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So like kind of coming back to like, what is the end recipient? How do they want to be engaged? How do they um, want to experience this? Like think about, one of our other advisors, Kyle Coleman, right? He hasn't been very active on Twitter since like 2020. I know this because he's my demo email every time I show our product. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, so like, it's clear he's not trying to be engaged with through that channel. Yeah. Versus like, you see him active on LinkedIn. And like, one of the things he'll say is, I respond to every email. So he's like literally signaling to the market, this is the way to communicate with me. And so like, it's obvious where I'm going to like put my preference when I'm doing outreach to someone like that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a very thoughtful response. Um, I want to go to one of my favorite people, also a former podcast guest, Maria Bras. Uh, and this could go in a lot of different ways, but she wants to know your favorite call to actions in, and subject lines in cold emails right now. All right. So let's start with call to actions. Okay. Um, there's two things I want to point out. One, the biggest annoying thing I see, so like Gong, y'all done a great job at getting people away from asking for time, right? Mm-hmm. Which you think about from like a workflow perspective, going through my inbox, trying to respond to things. I'm not trying to jump to my calendar, schedule things. I'm just trying to reply. So like, great. Next thing we have to do now is inform people, stop like muddying at the ask. Like it, it can't be what you do plus, you know, what you want. It should just be what you want. And so thinking about the, the CTA as like a, a call to conversation, you know, what do you think? Worth a chat? Want to check it out? Um, is that a challenge for you? They're very easy questions to answer, but it's not about, you know, would you be open to seeing how we've increased other software company like Heroes, <laughs> uh, reply rate by 2x, right? That's where it gets like long wordy. And it's not brief at all, right? It's just yep. about like a short, simple ask. Um, the other thing that I like to point out is you can get the same amount of response asking zero questions as you can one question. And um, what that means is you have to lean into tonality. So it's things like curious if this resonates. That's a sentence but you're sort of like invoking them to respond. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but if this sounds helpful, let's connect. Like the tonality of that is very much so, like I want you to reply to me, but I'm not asking you anything. And so it's um, it's another interesting way that you can approach a quote CTA without having a question. I love that. Before we before you jump to subject lines, I got to just get a quick rant in here. And I ranted about this on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. But can people stop with the fake, uh, like the fake, like double negative Chris Voss move? Like I get people hit me up on it. It happens all the time on a LinkedIn DM. People like want to come on the podcast or want advice or something, but they ask it in such a weird way. It's like, would you be like ridiculously opposed to the thought of potentially me coming on your podcast? And like, 
Can you just ask like, yeah. what, like, hey, I'd love to come on your podcast. Here's what I talk about. What do you think? Like what you just said, that is way, like, I don't want to try to be tricked into me saying, do I say yes or no to this question? I, I just feel like when you, when everyone knows a, a tactic, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And so it might work if you're reaching out to some industry that's never heard of Chris, right? Like if you're reaching yeah. out to nursing homes and they're like super non-active on LinkedIn, they don't read, you know, FBI negotiation books. Like <laughs> maybe that's like killer at the same time. <laughs> if I'm reaching out to a sales VP and I say like all of what you just said, like they're going to roll their eyes and be like, what in the Chris boss hell was that? Um, <laughs> Now, I have seen it where it's like, you know, opposed to learning more, question mark, where like you're kind of tactfully using it. Yeah, that's cheating. better. But when you overwhelm it, it ugh, I agree. It, it just shows. It's not natural. It's not how you would actually say it in conversation. Yeah, I yeah. think the easiest thing that I could tell somebody to do is write like you would talk, like talking to not necessarily like a friend, but maybe a friend of a friend where you're still going to be professional, but you're not going to like embarrass your friend by sounding like a robot and then you know after you've gotten your ideas out on paper chop it up because you're gonna use run-on sentences you're gonna you know be weirdly verbose for verbose i can speak um and like hone that down to a more simple level and you'll yep. find that those emails just are gonna do better yeah well thanks for uh thanks for uh, letting me kind of get my anger out there. Um, what about what about on the subject line piece? All right, subject lines. So I subscribe to this belief. Uh, I've seen other folks talk about it as well, like Jay Bay talks about it as like uh, just boring subject lines. I love it because like that's exactly what you're trying to do. Uh, I refer to it as internal camouflage and mm. internal uh the camouflage aspect of it it's not meant to be deceptive it's meant to blend in it's meant to mm -hmm. feel like an internal email and so what a subject line should be is two words assigned back to the topic that you want to talk to them about right like if i'm trying to talk to you about um yeah, if like the reason I'm reaching out is like they're hiring sales reps and I want to know how they're thinking about ramp, specifically ramp as it comes to email, I'll literally just say email ramp as my subject line. And it'll be super simple, two words. Now, if they have familiarity with the brand, say they're inbound or it's like a follow-up from a demo or something like that, I'm going to put the name of my company first and then I'm going to do whatever I was going to do after, right? So like yep. if I do a, a coaching call with, um, you know, a team, I would say, you know, lavender colon, you know, coaching follow-up. Whereas like, it's very easy for them to dissect through their inbox. But when it comes to cold emails, it's easier to just like speak to a specific topic and they'll be like that topic's either relevant or not relevant or it sounds close enough to relevant they'll open it and so it's like oh go ahead do you this is maybe like extremely tactical but do you capitalize both of the first letters in both of those two words i do um and that's only just because that's what our data tells us to do um <laughs> so it's i think the formal word for it is like title case um, but instead of like lowercase, that said, um, some other things that like I see folks do, it'll be, you know, including punctuation. I don't do that. Um, I don't include any numbers. Um, I try to stay away from like adjectives, uh, verbs, like writing emails versus just like sales email, um, or for the ad like adjective side, like better emails. Like that kind of has like this tone of like, yeah, maybe that's marketing. And then like, that's what I'm trying to avoid versus yeah. it just saying um, sales copy. Yep. Love that. Um, and no emojis in there, I'm guessing. I, like, I don't hate emojis, but it's one of those things I don't see a lot of folks do internally and so it's one of those things i stray away from because we think about the process of reading email email is essentially a categorization exercise 
it's not, people don't read email for comprehension. They read email to just categorize it really quickly. The average reading time is 11 seconds. And so when they see those emojis, you start to run the risk of like a, an improper categorization of like in this automated, you know, marketing material, or is this just somebody trying to have a conversation? I love it. Um, we've got a few other ones that I really liked, uh, other good questions that I want to get your way. So uh, Nate wanted to know, what is the best cold email that Will uh, ever received and why? Or, or if it's not ever, maybe recently, or, or one that you've replied to. It's a good story. Um, so we, there was a stretch of time where we were looking for a sales intern. And instead of having like a formal application process, I asked people to email me. And I wanted to see if they can cold email me, right? It was like, sell me yeah. lavender. And this one guy, Logan, um, mind you, actually, I'll, I'll save the detail for after. Um, so Logan shoots me an email. And now I've, I've set up a process in my head. I'm going to ignore the first email. I, they don't follow up. They're not going to be a very good seller. And so um, I ignore the first email. First email is quite wonderful. Clearly had taken like one of the frameworks I posted online and like, yeah, to a T nailed it. Instead of like sending a bump email or anything like that, he crafted like a story of like a reason to reach out, you know, sort of taking from how I talk about it and sent it to me via LinkedIn on a Saturday. Um, he had read somewhere that like I turned off my notifications for email on the weekend, particularly on Saturdays. And so he sent it to me over LinkedIn and like sent this note of like, hey, given you know, you're bringing on new sales reps um, and you're probably thinking about the following thing, I thought you'd find this um, quick demo, like super informative. And he like recorded a Loom video of like walking through the product, showcasing how he'd write an email for the company. And like, here's how the product fits in. And like, you know, like thinking about like pattern breaks, best practices, I'm like that is just like the thoughtfulness that you'd actually want to have come on board. It, you know, it, it's funny because like it, it ended up not working out. The guy, um, um, so like we were, we were ready to like make this happen. And he was looking for something a little bit more full-time. Um, and the reason was because he had just graduated high school. And oh. Yeah. Um, he had just graduated high school. And like, I was like, hell dude, if I had the budget to bring you in full-time, I totally would. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm thinking back to like, you know, like um, Jed Morrow over at Panda Doc where, yeah, he yeah. jumped straight into sales. And I'm like, this kid's like onto something, crushing it, it's spectacular. I connected him with a, a few folks and he ultimately decided to go back, not to like a uh, formal university, but he wanted to go like dig into learning how to code. Um, oh, cool. He was like, you know, just from talking to y'all, um, I think one of the things that I want to do is like get into entrepreneurship. And cool. one of the things I want to be able to do is like code as part of that. And I was like, you got to do you, man. That's... But at the same time, like, damn. Yeah. Man, that you, you can you just already know like 10 years from now, like wherever Logan's at, like he's gonna be I'm gonna be working for shit. him, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. That's what I'm thinking too. That's amazing. Shout out to Logan. That's a great uh best email story. We've got one or two others I want to get to. Um, Anton asked, what is the adequate sample size? of an email sequence when you're thinking about uh, judging its effectiveness? So there's like a math answer to this where you've got to look at like the total population of individuals that like you could potentially be reaching out to and do you have an adequate sample? Um, the way that I think about it is you get to like a hundred uh, mm -hmm. like a particular type of email and you start to have a directional data set. You get to a thousand, you've got to a pretty like indicative data set of what's going on. And it's actually like one of the reasons that we're um, so adamant about pushing like for team adoption, not just individual rep adoption is because like 
when you start to pair the learnings across all of those emails, you start to get a much more reliable understanding of what's going on and like why things work. Um, that, um, that is something that like, um, yeah, is hard. Cause it's like, you want to be like, oh, um, yeah, it, it's, it's good in the sense that like people understand like some interesting ways that they could go test stuff. Like our product's doing like some mathematics gymnastics on the back end, where we're making recommendations based on their data, also our data. Um, you know, one of the things that folks get like, I wouldn't say frustrated, they ask questions about is like, you know, my little graph says like three word subject lines. You're telling me to use two. And I'm like, yeah, you should keep using three if you see that in your data. But at the same time, if you're gonna run an experiment, if you're gonna test something, two's the number, right? Because yeah. our data is showcasing that you could actually see this percentage increase in your response rate by just changing that one variable. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a little bit of education there that we're still working our way through. But um, yeah, the I think the, the easy is like to use those multiples of 10, but 100 to 1,000. And like, as you get to a thousand, just feel more confident in what you put out there. Yep. Love it. Um, all right. The last one that I've got, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to some rapid fires to close us out. Um, and we were talking a little bit about personalization earlier in terms of, um, you know, sending memes or not and stuff like that. Um, there's a question around, you know, if there's any data as it relates to, you know, how to, you know, message people based on like their disc profiles or any so sort of like, you know, I guess personality tests or however you might define that. Anything that you know about that? Yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that we just built out into the product is personality aspect. So like, mm. we can showcase that to you. It's like, here's how this person processes information. They're more oriented towards people or they're more process oriented. Um, right now, there's not like a a hard and fast rule that we've established towards like value proposition or like ways that you should position the brand. But like my advice when it comes to those personality profilings is to recognize that you know, they are more inclined to like, say you're reaching out to me, right? I'm more inclined to be thinking about, you know, what people across my team, you know, how you know, the people within my organization are going to use it. I'm very people oriented. And so yeah. like, that's going to be where I go first when it comes to thinking through a decision. Um, now people like my co-founder who are more like process and like um, more like um, what we call like a mover, right? Sort of like in disc, like a hard D. Like mm -hmm. what he likes to go is like, yeah, explain to me that it's going to be easy. Explain to me what the process is. And I want to make sure I understand that it's straightforward. If it's not, that's something else. But at the same time, like that would be like where I would try to go. Mm -hmm. And how do you, I mean, I don't know if this is just giving away your secret sauce or, or what, but how do you know what those are for, for people? Yeah, so this is a pretty well-researched area. Um, so fortunately, I'm not like spilling any trade secrets, right? It's been published yep. about within um multiple academic journals um but the idea is you know when you're online when you're using different services when you're writing when you're engaging um you're creating a uh level of digital exhaust that can be used to you know, start to string together some assumptions around how you view and see the world around you so yeah and like folks will sort of like it's interesting, right? Because people will be like, oh, well, I don't want you to know that. And then like their thought is like the answer is to like have the absence of information, but then they don't realize that if you think about the absence of information, it's in and of itself information. Um, and so it's not like something you're gonna like, get around. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it is what it is. And it's um, designed to actually, you know, help make decisions um, more satisfying. Like that's, one of the key findings that folks have found from uh, personality-based like targeting and um, you know, segmentation is that the ultimate decisions that consumers make, they're ultimately more satisfied about. Um, you know, think about uh, 
if you do like a geographic segmentation of like different personality characteristics and where they live, well, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't make, you know, people don't decide to live in New York city because they're extroverted, but they're more likely to be happy in New York city if they're extroverted. Got you. That makes sense. I love how every time we talk or every time I check out one of your things, I just get like 1% smarter. So that's, if, if nothing else, I, I learned, I feel like I'm always learning and you've always got good, like you've got hard data to back things up. And I appreciate that. Well, I am 1% more flattered. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's, first of all, thanks for answering um, those questions. I hope the folks that, that asked them uh, found that helpful. Someone's going to get a $12 Venmo, uh, which will buy them a Chipotle bowl this week. Um, let's, before we wrap up, let's hit a couple rapid fires. Um, because Hey, things have, have pro- I don't even know if I was asking these same questions a year ago. So probably not. Um, first up, we're big learners on this podcast. We love talking books. Um, curious if there's anything, you know, anything that stands out in your whole, you know, life, but uh, even in particular in the last year or so, that's really stood out to you that you really liked. Um, any topic is fair game. I know, I know. Um, it's interesting. I, I tend to go back towards this book over here. It's got like a giant rip in it, but Traction, um, which you know, goes over the power law distribution for like startups to recognize and adapt to, which is like, you know, you've probably heard like 20% of your actions drive like 80% of your results. It's yep. sort of the exact same mindset. Um, so thinking about how we've grown Lavender, how we've thought about like um, taking what our brand strategy is and bring it to life. Um, you know, a book like this is super helpful um, in thinking through it. That said, um, I don't know if that's it. Like just read um, Andy Paul's new book. Um, oh yeah, nice. Selling out, selling out. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I like, I picked it up and I couldn't put it down because I was just like, this is what it actually means to sell. I love it. Um, so that said, I'm trying to venture outside of like the, the world of sales and like marketing, et cetera. Curious if you have a book recommendation for me. When you say that, do you mean like you're trying to get into a, a fiction book or like, what are we, you know, uh, like, what are we trying to get into a biography? Like what's happening here? Um, let's do, let's do fiction. Cause I find that when I do a fiction book, it helps me get back into reading more and then reading more enables me to write more. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I mean, my COVID like guilty pleasure, uh, new habit was that I read all the Harry Potter books for the first time ever. Uh, yeah. and I wasn't, I wasn't really a big fiction guy. And then I read those. I'm like, Oh, fiction's kind of sweet. And so yeah. I've gotten into a little bit of a, uh, of a tear. I never watched the movies or read the books growing up, which maybe is a whole nother topic. Uh, but I love those. <laughs> is that why um, you are who you are? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is part of it. Uh, yeah, let's see. I mean, Stephen Pressfield has a few great ones. Uh, he's got some nonfiction as well. That's really good. Um, I mean, have you read the Harry Potters? If not, you got to start there. That'll, that'll take you. I mean, I, quite some time. I'm, I'm taking notes. So we got Harry Potter at the top. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good, it's a good getaway from what I'm sure uh, uh, can be very long and stressful days as an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Um, Where you're just like in a completely different world. So we'll stick with that. I like that. Yeah. Cause I've, I don't know, I've been getting a little burnt out on the business books recently. So I'm trying to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So back to you, uh, top podcasts, YouTubes, um, you know, people on LinkedIn, maybe that aren't as recognizable if you're going to, if you're going to drop some of those, but other ways that you've been learning recently. Yes. Um, I've got a podcast for you. It's called nudge and okay. it is, um, you can go to nudgepodcast.com. And it is like a lot of like behavioral science applied to specific marketing. Um, fantastic. Love it. I'll have to check that one out. Um, what's going on in the headphones music wise? 
So headphones, music-wise, um, recently you know been so busy that I've been crushing a lot more like house music, like EDM type stuff, just as like mm-hmm. background. Uh, helps me sort of like stay focused on tasks. Um, the it's like Odessa, for example, would be like a good one, or Rufus the Soul. Um, on the flip side of that, like I've always been like just sort of like into like alternative music stuff like that like um arctic monkeys etc nice um what's something that you like to do you know outside of work as kind of like a, a way to recharge decompress from everything that's going on <laughs> yeah man um uh, you know what? i'll just i'll share my screen real quick okay oh, disabled get yeah. enabled for me hold up hold up all right how all about right. now all right so for those listening, you can't see it, but we've got a nice picture of Mount Rainier here. Um, mm-hmm. So my wife and I are training to go get to the top of that thing. Um, wow. So that's one piece. Um, but like outside of work, you know, I'm a normal human being like everybody else. So I have <laughs> to go out to, to meals and, you know, hang out with friends, et cetera. Um, Let's talk about the training for a second. What does that entail? <laughs> uh, the training, man. It has been something that we are getting better about um (laughs) it's a lot of just like odd it's a lot but it's a lot of like odd mix of like strength and endurance um because like you've got to carry like a 40 pound like thing on your back so it's like a lot of lunges with like heavy weights in your hands and then it's a lot of like cardio exercise like runs for long distances um it's actually like after this, I'm going to uh, hop in the car and we're going to a berries class. Um, nice. Which we've done a few times now. It's eye-opening that we've got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Those will kick your ass. No, no doubt about it. Um, how, how long is yes, that supposed to take the hike? It's, um, it's like a four-day turnaround. So day one, you show up and you just do like a gear check. Day two... Um, you do like on mountain training. So they teach you like how to use your ice axe and um, how to stop yourself. You like fall down a crevasse or whatever. Um, also some like walking techniques and stuff. Um, then day three, you walk up to base camp and day four, you wake up at, you know, basically the middle of the night, go to the summit and then you come back down. So we tried to do this a few years back. And that's why I know all of the, (laughs) everything that happens along the way. Um, But we got snowed out at about like 11,000 feet. And so we had to turn back. Um, No kidding. Yeah. Well, it turns out trying to climb a mountain in September is like not that smart. (laughs) (laughs) So this year we're doing it in June and it's a little sunnier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I'd be, I was going to say, I'd be surprised if if that was still going on in June. Um, That's awesome. I've got a, it's funny because I've, I've got myself a hiking challenge this year as well, oh, which uh, is very random, but uh, it's this event called 29029 where you is that, hike. Is that the Jesse Eisner? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, dude. That's so much fun. So we're probably got similar workouts going on where it's like the running and, you know, throw a kettlebell or whatever in the backpack and stare you know, walk around the Stairmaster. It's um, get the, this will, this will help. Cause like, regardless, um, go on Amazon, get one of those like weighted vests. Oh, yeah. um, it just like kickstarts that like leg strength real fast. Yeah. I've got, I know a couple of buddies that, that swear by those so that's on my that's on my two buy list here for chicago it's flat as hell here so i need i feel feel bad for the guy who has to deliver it because he's like picking up a normal size box and it's like (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious um my last thing before um before we wrap up who do you want to see come next on the millennial sales podcast oh um oh man a good question i mean i think you and my co-founder would have an awesome conversation Um, i have not had will be on he's he's you know spent some time in the trenches of sales and i think you would have a great conversation with him Um, let's get that let's get that going 
Yeah, I. Yeah, he's he's told me some like war stories of, like entrepreneurship and sales, and I'm like, dude, you've got you've got stories. Um, kind of disrespectful of me to have Will A on twice before I even had Will B on once. That's that's kind of messed up, honestly. Uh no, nah, it's it's. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of like who else would be a killer person to bring on. Yeah, part of me wonders if you could get the the host of the Nudge podcast, Phil Bagnew, to come on because he's super just like love listening to his podcast, the way he's like taken these like heady science topics and like applied them to real world things. And yeah. so sort of getting him out of his marketing world and talking about like sales would be a uh, super fun. Okay. Well, he's, uh, he's on my prospecting list now. Um, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll shoot him a good cold email. I love it. <laughs> um, well, obviously before I let you go, um, I gotta, you know, recommend for everyone to, they, they, this is not a paid ad, but you know, they, they try out lavender for free. They check out your profile on LinkedIn, on TikTok. You're posting good shit every single day. Um, you've got a newsletter now that's going out once a week. Um, a bunch of different events, probably, you know, like webinars and maybe some in-person stuff coming up. So I, you can let me know and, and let the audience know, like anywhere else that they can reach out to you, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think LinkedIn is like the easiest way, um, uh, within that, like about section on my profile, I've listed out like a few ways that they can follow along and engage. Um, and like, obviously if I'm doing any events or anything like that, it, it gets published there as well. So, um, that's definitely a good place to start. Will in parentheses the email guy all red. <laughs> oh, appreciate it. I love it. I appreciate you coming on, man. This is I great. Appreciate you bring me back. Thanks for checking out that episode. Start of the year. Let's kick some ass. Again, one of my goals for this show is to get as many subscribers uh, wherever you're listening here uh, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Subscribe, leave a review, and then hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alamo. Uh, or any of my other socials at Tommy Tahoe. Look forward to connecting with you there. Peace.